If you're wanting to fish the first ever Eastern Current Redfish Tournament this spring, it's time to sign up. Our online captain's meeting is next Friday, March 24th, through our Facebook page, and the tournament is March 25th and 26th. You can fish this online tournament from Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. You can find a link in the show notes to the registration page, as well as a full list of all the rules and regulations. You'll need a specific type of ruler that is also listed in the show notes. The redfish tournament will consist of your longest three redfish per day under 32 inches. This is just the start of our online angler series, and we're excited to bring you many more tournaments for redfish, speckled trout, flounder, and more. Welcome to the Eastern Current Saltwater Fishing Podcast presented by Outdoors by Owner. OBO helps the outdoorsmen find the perfect home to rent for their next outdoor pursuit. Whether you're looking for a house right on the shallow water flats of Florida Bay with world-class sight fishing right out your back door, or you want to find a weekend mountain getaway for you and your family, OBO has the house for you. To check out all their incredible properties, visit go-obo.com. It's a rainy, windy Friday, so a few guide buddies and I decided to hang out in the shop and record a podcast. We cover a wide variety of topics and share our frustrations with on-the-water etiquette. Hope y'all enjoy. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Eastern Current on Patreon. There you'll be able to find our weekly Ramp Talk podcast, as well as other video content that you can't find on YouTube. I've teamed up with Florida Fishing Products to outfit my guide service with their spinning reels, braided line, and fluorocarbon leader, and I'm looking forward to giving you some real-world feedback on their gear. I've been enjoying their Osprey CE for all my light tackle, redfish, and speckled trout, and Resolute for my beefier setups for big reds, cobia, tarpon, and jacks. I'm looking forward to helping further their mission to equip anglers to fish better, which couldn't align closer with our values here at Eastern Current. Be sure to check out their website, floridafishingproducts.com, or ask about them at your local tackle shop. Temple Fork Outfitters is the rod of choice for all of us here at Eastern Current. Whether we're fly fishing for shallow water redfish, sight casting to cobia from a tower, or dropping live pinfish to grouper in 100 feet of water, they have the rod for the job. Their customer service is unmatched by any rod company out there, and their rods can take the beating of everyday guide use without any issues. My favorite rod for redfish and speckled trout is their 7-foot medium-light tactical inshore spin rod. Be sure to check out their website, tforods.com. Welcome back, everybody. Um, got Jeff, Mike, Judd, and myself sitting down today, sitting in the Eastern Current headquarters. Stoked to be here. Bread um, quarters. The what now? The bread quarters. The bread quarters. Like um, the, the section of your pantry where the bread lives. <laughs> I didn't know that. New term for me. Um, but anyways, got us all here. Um, pretty unique situation because we all four run different skiffs. I know you and Jeff might run a similar skiff, but I have been fishing with both of you, and you run it differently. Um, but jumping right into it, tell us about the new prop you got. I got a new prop. It's the Turbo Quest 14-pitch, 4-blade, 13.5. I don't know the numbers. That's a lot. Of, that's a <laughs> way more detail than I expected. That's more numbers than I've ever said in my entire life. <laughs> but it, it's a new prop. When, I, when Jay Withers... The guy from Guidelines TV came up. We did an episode, yeah. and he had an S. He had a carbon S, different boat. 
uh, same boat, same hole, everything, just different. Definitely a little more rigid than than the fiberglass version. Honestly, I like the fiberglass way better. Different weight. Different weight, and it's just stiffer. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Like, remember with surfboards, there's like, remember the epoxy boards versus like a poly board? Like the epoxy nut's a little more rigid, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a little more... There's no flex yeah. in carbon. Yeah. It's very stiff. Very, very strong. Stiff. Very light. But still a great boat. Just very different feeling than than what I was used to. And, but he had that Turbo Quest prop, and that thing was a beast. And what's so cool about it is the power you still have, like, you know, three-quarters throttle. You can still punch it and, like, get that some... That upper-end torque. That upper-end torque that you get from it, which I've never had in a prop before, which is awesome. I was definitely overdue. My prop was super chewed up. It's over there on the bench, but it's... <laughs> It's been tuned multiple times, and you but, were very much overdue. Yeah, it was very overdue. <laughs> that thing was worn down too. It's just so hard to spend minimum. like five, six hundred bucks it, on a prop. Sometimes, it really, very is. much so. It is. I'm still running a stock prop on my Tahatsu for that exact reason. Uh, stainless. Yeah, yeah. I, I've ran Judd's boat a couple times. Just you know, we'll, we'll lend each other's boats whenever we need it. You know, that's just part of the game. And I've jumped on his boat a couple times. Like, man, you, your boat just it needs a different prop. It needs it's just it's not running quite right. But yeah. when that boat is propped out right, it, it's a it's definitely a fun boat to ride. And that's the HPXS, right? Yeah, HPXS. so we're talking about the Maverick HPXS, which is just a super fun boat to super fun boat to drive around. So. For sure. Yeah, I, I fell in love with it. We did like a little photo shoot, and um, it was pretty last it turned, minute. Supposed to be a banger fishing day. <laughs> <It was. laughs> that fell apart hard. I trust Jeff with my heart and soul, but. But there was a thousand fish in an area, and then the next day there was none. It's a bummer. What but I've this? seen that place do that. Remember when we went to go film with the, Chandler? The free fly shoot? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do remember that. Um, that was one of those days in, in the time of year, too, where it was a transitional period. It was, I think, maybe it was either late summer to fall or fall to winter. And this is just an area where... They were doing it really, really good one day because it was about 80 degrees, slick, calm, and sunny, and just perfect. And I had some clients that, that you know, they, they just didn't really, wouldn't say they didn't deserve it, but... They <laughs> Everyone deserves quite, a chance. Everybody deserves a chance. They hadn't quite put the time in to deserve a day like that day just because it was really, really, really good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but anyway, I said... Hey Judd, you know this area is really, really good. Let's let's go back here and maybe do a little bit of filming, see what we can do. And it was not happening. That, that place is like that though. It's yeah. so unreal zone. how fish can be there one day and and gone. Freaking tail. Especially dude. when you're talking. I wish about there were like plants. Five hundred fish, but it used to make me so upset when I worked in a tackle shop. It'd be like old timers come in and drink coffee with you when you open up, and they'd be like, "Well, you know what? Fish got tails." I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, it's so simple, but it's so annoying It and would true. be sweet, though, if they were, like, crops. Like, they just went into the <laughs> they spot, and like, they're all just stuck to the bottom there. There'd be zero redfish We're going to catch three from this spot today. Yeah, that would be terrible, actually. <laughs> it would not be fun. That's funny. But Let's go back to your prop. I want to know a little bit about it. So, it, it's... More it, numbers, please. The no, it, it's, it's, a, it's a real torquey four-blade, so I'm running at, like, 5,800 RPMs, but going like 34 miles an hour. So for, for yeah. a four, four blade with that hole and a F70, it's a, it's a torquey prop. Like, you know, four blades aren't necessarily known for overall speed, but I also honestly can't, I was running a power, power tech four blade prop 
Sorry, I turned around from the mic to look over there. Um, and I, I don't honestly remember what it was like yeah. in the beginning because it's it's so much smaller of a prop than it was. But that the three blade over there or that four blade over there looks so massive. Like it looks like <laughs> yeah. it could be on something. It looks mean. It's mean. Right. It's a mean green machine. But your prop, I was blown away at how thick that joker is. It's yeah, for it kind is of really like thick. running through sand and mud if you're bumping bottom a little bit. And which one do you run, Jeff? I run a PowerTech um, prop that's – it's. It's the Powertex saw. Uh, it's their shallow water prop. That, I think it's the SWW. Yeah, it's like the SWW prop. That's Michael, by the way, guys. Yeah, I'm just now <laughs> finally chiming in. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty wild how much of a difference a propeller makes for a boat, particularly in these shallow water boats. Um, I think when you're running bigger boats, you're kind of looking at, hey, can I max out my boat's RPMs and get the speed that I want? And yeah. Come Tweak a little bit. Looking more shall- fuel fuel economy. Yeah, you're looking at fuel economy and top end speed. Those are really your two categories that you're looking for. What What would you say is the perfect beast for a North for a Carolina's skiff? What do you want to see out of a prop on a seventy horsepower motor? Oh man, that's a good question. I think that's to each individual, right? Very true. A terrible question. No. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> just immediately put I himself think, down. I think that it's to each individual, but there's also a happy medium between being able to get shallow and also having good efficiency and speed, right? Well, I so, think this so. would be a good roundtable question, though. For yep. sure. To go to person to person, God to God. So the blade that I have on there now, it's specifically designed to get really, really shallow and, and to be able to run. You like closer? Like yeah, this? Closer, yeah, that's good. All right. Um, I think that it, it that the propeller that I'm running is specifically designed to be able to run halfway to three quarters of the way out of the water. So when I'm running through shallow water, it's not hitting sand, even though my hulls may be, you know, three, four inches above above ground. So How does that work? Is it sucking the water to so, the prop? Yeah. <laughs> like it pulls it because a lot it's of times the, the prop can be above the the back of the boat a right. little bit. Right. So I mean there's water coming, kind of coming underneath the boat and then coming up a little bit, but not enough to really get enough resistance against that blade to actually propel you forward. So you can manipulate the blades on a prop to basically make that more efficient and make that, you know, better, right? And one it's of the sucking ways that, more water quicker, right? And one of the ways that you do that is cupping in the blade. And I think as it's spinning, that cupping just adds a little bit more resistance as well as suction to get that water into that prop to al- allow you to propel forward. Now, is the cupping right. facing the <coughs> front of the boat, or is the cupping facing the, the aft of the boat? Good question. Uh, um, the propelling, the, the the cupping is facing towards the back. Gotcha. Away from the where the boat's And running. I wish I knew a little bit more of, like, the science behind the way that that works. That was pretty in-depth, though. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I, I wish I could explain a little bit better, but yeah, I, I do know that cupping for blades allows you to get more grip yeah. and more efficiency when you're when you're you know your propeller is out of the water more. So you can run a a big cupped blade halfway to three quarters out of the water and still get really good propulsion forward. Yeah. I would say then, you have to think about it as like traction with your tires, right? So a street tire that's made just for on road, you know, it's going to perform well, whether the road's dry or wet, but you had mud or gravel or something else, and it doesn't have that traction, that grab, because it doesn't have the lugs 
to the tire, and then you go to yeah. an off-road tire, a triple cup prop, something like that, where it's got a lot more grip, a lot more traction to be able to push that boat in scenarios where it's not completely covered in water. Yeah. And it also keeps it from cavitating. So yeah. that's the reason why you can run it up a lot more out of yeah. the water. I think a prop tire analogy is a, a very good comparison. We should totally have yeah. a prop guy on here and just oh, 100%. That'd be sweet. get the science behind it. Because yeah. it's, it's a super interesting topic, and I think it completely drastically changes the way your boat rides. Oh, we need to, that 100%. guy that you've talked to from that, from PowerTech would be a good one. Mm-hmm. The, the so guy that I've talked to, PowerTech, or there's this one guy who I talked to on, um, so I had a custom made prop. He's fixing my microphone. Hold on one second. So I had a, a guy that was down in Texas. He was an older guy. He's been in the business for a really long time. Um, I can't remember his name. Is For- oh, he's Jack, one Jack Foreman. You. That's what it is. It's Jack yep. Foreman. Um, so I talked to him about basically what boat I had, what I was wanting to do, kind of the areas that I like to fish. And he, he basically, you know, basically from the description that I gave him, he sent me out a prop. I tried it out, and it was, it was killer. It was awesome. I was able to run that boat so shallow. You remember the, the yeah. Mitzi that I had? Yeah. I mean, that thing. It changed that boat. Like it changed that day. boat completely. I mean, it has sponsons. It's so when I would turn that thing, it would just cavitate like crazy, completely just lose all grip as soon as you would turn it in shallow water. <clears throat> Excuse me. But with that new propeller, I mean, that thing gripped super well and just allowed me to get where I, where I needed to go. So... I think a propeller makes a huge difference, and that guy knew what he was talking about. As soon as I kind of described what I needed and what I wanted, he sent me a propeller, and it was it was, you know, machine custom made for that boat, and it was it was awesome. But now I'm running a, a PowerTech, which has actually done a killer job for what I like to do. So, yeah. What are you? Are you running one of those Foreman props? Or was that Cameron that was running that? Well? Uh, Cameron still runs one. Cameron still yeah. runs one. Yeah, so that changed runs... his boat like crazy. Oh too, yeah, big it? time. He had a huge cavitation issue with it, with his boat. He runs the Mosquito, and he had a big cavitation issue with that. And I think he had tried maybe two props before it. And I told Cameron, I know actually, you know what? Cameron found Jack Foreman. He told me about him. Gotcha, gotcha. But um, yeah, I, I think he Jack Foreman. That just sounds like a prop guy. Yeah, he is some guy in Texas. He just builds props for. Down there, they've got shallow water, super, boats. super shallow. Water. Yeah, I mean, really, like really a big shallow thing. water. And the thing down and there, we're running like three hundred horsepowers in shallow water. Yeah, like the, where we're running skiffs. The thing is, is like where they are. It's not like it's like they just got miles and miles and miles and miles of it. So where they, wherever they have to take off from, it's like they've just got more and more miles from it. So they got to be able to take off in shallow water and continually ride shallow water for super long periods of time if they want to get to where. They want to go. So yeah. it's really important to have those propellers down there, more so than anywhere else. We have yeah. the we have that highway, you mm-hmm. know, where we have the intercoastal yeah. waterway to be able to get to where we want to go and then hop some sandbars and run through some creeks to get get to the shallow stuff. But For down sure. there, it's extremely important. And that's where that guy grew up and knows how to outfit props for the boats down there. So, yeah. With that being said, Mike, best prop. Like functionality, what are you looking for on the back of a shallow water 70 horse? So I'm looking for hole shot. That's a big one for me. Uh-huh. Um, and then just grip and turns. I mean, we're running a lot of creeks. You know, we got 
five, six foot opening to make it through or over a sandbar or whatever the case may be. So being able to hop up and then just run and keep traction. So right. I actually run at East Cape Fury. I switched over from a 90 E-Tech with a stock prop, which was, I don't want to say a single cup, but... A was that a Viper? Did it come with a Viper prop? No, it was something else. I want to say gotcha. it was like a... God, it might have been a Vapor Vector or something. Yes. I don't know. It was something, something I'd never heard of, but it was a stainless steel prop. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe two weeks after I got the boat and was running it, I actually jacked up and took a turn and spun it out. So after that... You spun that boat like a 180? Oh, full 360. Yeah. Yeah. I shot it right into the marsh grass. That's awesome. So that, you know, learning your limits of everything. Yeah, you got to. Dude, the first first two weeks you own a skiff, wear your little um, kill switch. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did, at least. For I was sure. Like, you, you probably should wear it. We probably should wear them all the time. No, I yeah. do wear it all the time. That's not I what don't, I was saying. I don't wear it. Yeah. No, you, you do. <laughs> no, I'm no, li- I do. I'm <laughs> lying. No, Jet does. Uh, <laughs> Jet does. <laughs> but no, I mean, now I, I switched over to an F70 as well, joined the crowd. But, um, I mean, God, losing 120 pounds off the back of my boat made a huge difference. Right. And then having Judd and Jeff already having an F70 and having props laying around for him, I tried some different ones, and I really like Jeff's. Took the numbers from his and called the lady at PowerTech, talked to her, and she was like, I think you need the same blade, just a little less pitch, um, mm-hmm. and then something a little lighter just to give me the whole shot. Right. So I've got – it's the same cupping, triple cup, as the SWW. Um so it's a triple cup, but it's not got the leading edge. It's not as heavy of a blade, so I get more RPM. So I can actually red line, like, jacked up three-quarters of the way. I can hit that 63, 6400 red line on the Yamaha, um, which I don't know. Can you even hit red line in yours, Jeff? No, I can't. Yeah. So, and that's just the difference. And the leading edge of Jeff's is made for that shallow water, so it can take a little more abuse. It's, like, right. 16, 7-inch thick. Versus mine's, you know, all the way down to more of a knife edge. But, I mean, I can still hop up when the depth finder's reading 1.2 feet, mm-hmm. 1.3 feet. You yeah. know, I can punch it, trim tab out, and go. I just have to be able to get where I need to go and right. get some water on that plate or on the on the prop at that point. Now, that, Judd, I think you, that's the th- – um, go ahead, Ozzy. No, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think that's the thing with props and, and boats – in general, right? There's always a sacrifice that has to be made for what you want out of it. A hundred percent. Right? You're you're never gonna be able to get your absolute maximum speed out of a prop and be able to grip through crazy turns and be able to run shallow and have and great have a fuel economy. Great fuel efficiency. It's a unicorn, it doesn't exist. Yeah. You kinda Yet. have to pick and choose what you want and sacrifice a little bit of those things, right? You know, you just gotta figure out what you want. So my, that's the nice thing about an F70 is the fuel economy. You can kind of push it over to the side a little bit, unless yeah. you're making really long runs all the time and losing yeah, I mean, the, the keys or something like that. Super fuel yeah. efficient. Um, very fuel efficient. You're motor. getting between can, six to, you know, nine miles per gallon on this. Yeah. Can you red line? It's yeah. your new prop. No, I mean I haven't played around with it too hard, but I don't, I yeah. don't think I can. Sixty four. What are you getting? Judd, you haven't ran that prop. I haven't run it enough two. to really speak on it yet. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. I think I've run it twice since I got it. <laughs> so. Yeah, so if, Fresh. I, if I'm trimmed and jacked up all the way just right, I could probably get like maybe 56, 5800 RPMs, which my motor, I'm pretty sure, red lens at 6400 RPM. Yeah. I think... 
think Mike and I redlined <laughs> his yesterday, and it started to get in that ying, 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 yeah. <laughs> right there around the 6,400 RPMs. So I'm definitely, I don't get, I don't get that. Um, what about you, Oz? Prop or redline? Both. <laughs> so um, I run a 75 Tahatsu. Um, Tahatsu? That thing's a beast, though. That old Tommy Yatsu. Um, Tommy. Dude, it's huge. That thing's awesome. That motor. It's a beast. It looks like the 250 sitting on that Pathfinder <laughs> next to you. Except when, except when you're in the Pamlico and it doesn't start. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I had this... Um, I just wire in there that has to do with like the power that the heads get or whatever. Anyways, it went out and uh, now it's back to good. It, it cranks up, cross my fingers every time I turn the key. Um, but I knew like I, my old Kawasaki back here. One kick, wonder. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I, I like my my like my Tatsu. Um, I've got a 15 pitch, but it it was so when I bought the motor. I bought it last July or August, and um, I had the option. I had like a 13, 14, 15. I ended up going with 15 because what is important to me, um, I would love to say speed, right? I love going fast. But truthfully, probably 90% of my year is not, I don't have to go fast. So um, what what ended up being important to me was whole shot. You know, I wanted to get up in as little water as possible and fuel economy. I wanted at least very minimal, I wanted 65 miles out of my gas tank, which is, I think, 14 gallons. I was about to say, I think your skiff probably has the smallest gas tank out of everybody's. Yeah. That's what I thought, but I, I carried a jerry can with me two or three weeks ago and ended up running 14 gallons and not having to put fuel in it. It never had to touch my my uh, jerry can, and yep. uh, went straight to the gas station and put fourteen gallons in it. Where is which is funny, because all the specs I've read about my boat said it was thirteen gallon tank. So I'm like, great. Now I don't know what to believe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm even more. Confused. I wonder how much when it's actually been running is like in the motor and then in the all the hosing. Very good point. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would say I'm. I would comfortably say I'm a fourteen gallon tank. With that being said, I feel comfortable right around 60 to 65 miles. Um, but that was my, that's what I wanted out of a prop. You know, I wanted fuel efficiency. Um, I would say, I think out of anybody, you probably make some of the longest runs that I know of. You think so? Because I think Judd would definitely be a close competitor on that. Yeah. Me? I, th- I don't even want to hear me. <laughs> yes, you. How do I run any, any longer than y'all, though? That's my question. In your bigger boat, you make the biggest runs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, as far as skips go. The the trips we split. I'm before, a big run bandit, for sure. Big run bandit. <laughs> Other than that, I think in the skiffs, we, we all make pretty similar runs. For at sure. least between you, Michael, and I. Yeah. I, yeah, like, I know I, I've talked to Ozzy, and he's like, yeah, put in here, and I'm going to, you know, point B. And I'm like, dude, that's like a 30-minute run. He's like, well. Got a full day. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, I need we to make go. thirty minute runs all the time. Uh, yeah, but well, I feel like I break them up a lot more. Like, you are like fish every yeah, ten minutes. I'll fi- yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I'll break up a, a long run sure. and break it down. I feel yeah. like I, I do Ozzy's that. A, a full sun wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's I mean, I'll, I'll put in at Wrightsville sometimes and run to freaking South Topsail. Yeah, 100%. that's what I was about to say. Straight yeah. up, the last time you and I split a trip, 
I think I'm pretty sure it was the last time you and I split a trip. We picked our um, guest up at Figure Eight. I'm like, well, mm. crap! I gotta figure. I gotta fish around Figure Eight. I'm not gonna go back home. Like North Topsail needs ferry because you know they only have X amount of hours. We get back to the dock. Everybody's done fishing, and Judd was like, "Yeah, I ran back to Topsail." I'm like, "That gum! Why didn't I do that? That you know, that's home base." And it kind of become, or I realized rather, that I was like, "Dang, Judd really does open it up. Like his his, his uh, range is huge." Judd Jud just doesn't care about like as far as when he, <laughs> his clients. When, when, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. When he when he's running trips, man, he does not care about burning fuel. That's not yeah. in his mind at all. It's 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 where where do I think I can get my client? I mean, I think we're all that way. But Judd particular is like, yeah, I don't care about my fuel tank. It's it's where can I get the best shots on fish and get my clients to catch a bunch yeah. of fish. Where is the yeah. happiest group of fish? Yeah, and, and yeah. if it's if it's twenty miles north of here, I'm going to go run it, and I'm going to tell them, "Hey, we got a big run. We're going to go run it." And yeah, but the bigger the run, the 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 more in your pocket that, that spot needs to be. You know what yeah. I mean? If you're going to oh make a gosh. really big run, you better be sure you're going to be able to catch a few fish. Yeah, and but I've made those long runs and not call fish before. Dude, I'll, <laughs> you you've also made those runs and it not pan out. It sucks. You yeah, know? And that, that thought is always in your head of like, "Hey, right. I, we want to make this run." It, I think it should pan out. The longer the run, the higher not. the probability needs to be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. For sure. and I'll tell myself in a heartbeat. Last uh, Saturday, I think it was, I had a mom, dad, and a four-year-old. And we fished all around the ramp. I, it was cold, and I know they didn't want to make a long run. I was like, look, guys, if we can ride 30 to 40 minutes, I believe it'll be a lot better. We rode up there. We saw, like, at least 20 dolphins, which was great. <laughs> It was great we saw dolphins. <laughs> Ozzy loves dolphins. The four-year-old loved dolphins. We got there, and um, we hooked, like, two or three redfish that broke off on this oyster bar and some other structure. Like, crap. <laughs> we run, and it was blowing. It was blowing, like, 15 with gusts of 20-some. Yeah. I was like, wow, well, I've wasted your entire day. <laughs> great. Yeah, I'll tell myself in a heartbeat, dude. Um, it, it does. It is a little nerve wracking to to make that run, but I have gotten so much more comfortable making the run in the last year and a half, two years than than the early part of my career. Um, I have no problem making a thirty mile run. I feel very very confident making a thirty mile run, and and the, I think you guys in Wrightsville and South Topsail are a little. You know, you you guys have a lot more in in the immediate maybe. But for me, I can drop it, sneeze ferry, and easily run 15, 20 miles to the top of New River or 15, 20 miles to get to downtown Swansboro or White Oak River or Emerald Isle. Um, yeah. And that might just show how little I know about the fishery or just be the difference between our between our fisheries. Time will tell. I think what we're dealing with down south, too, is that our water squished. You know, we've got yeah. this thinny any skinny sliver of marsh there's a lot of marsh but it's not like opened up in a big bay system you know it's it's a long skinny stretch with tons of opportunity but you know a lot of pressure yeah it's not like you're gonna have in a let's say north to south mile from like what from the hill like the mainland to the backside of the islands you know, is is maybe a couple hundred yards. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. So you're not gonna have a couple schools between like the beach and the sure. 
the land, so you got to travel back and forth. So yeah, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, how part many how many miles would you say you travel per trip? That's a good question. Sometimes not even one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Shh, 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 I wish. <laughs> I'd say I like to flip underneath the dock at the boat ramp. I think on flip up. under the boat ramp, <laughs> right under the boat ramp, under the concrete. I think on average between twenty to thirty-five miles. Yeah, For, uh, bigger. I'd say probably more like twenty to forty-five. Yeah, because I actually just got a new GPS and have been starting and ending my trips mm-hmm. on that thing, yeah. and then looking back on it just to kind of get an idea of you know how much fuel I burned, yeah. how many miles I've gone, that kind of sort right. of thing. And it's it's been on average between thirty to forty miles. Yeah. And now, um, what GPS unit was that? The one for Louisiana? Yeah, that Simrad. Simrad. Simrad go. Yeah. Man, that's a good. That is a good unit. Yeah, Mike. Mike had just G got, unit. G unit. I've been <laughs> I've been kind of a big hummingbird guy for a while, and I've had a Simrad for a little bit in the past. I've had a Lorance. I've had a Garmin for a brief period of time, and. They were just doing a, a really nice sale on those Simrad units where they had side scan on it, which is awesome for certain things. And um, you usually got to drop a couple grand on, on side scan. So that Simrad, they were doing a, a great deal on it. And it was a nine inch screen, which is awesome, especially for that skiff. It's like the perfect size. You don't really want to go any bigger. Smaller is very doable, but that nine inch screen is really nice. And um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I was going to say, I switched I over it. to it, I don't know, maybe a month before Jeff did, and you actually got a better deal than I did. <laughs> but um, Yeah, I think they dropped it like an extra 200 bucks. Yeah. I think I got mine for like 700 750 That's crazy. Is it all touchscreen or is that buttons? It's, it's all touchscreen. All touchscreen. That's what, may, that's what I don't like, though. It's I love good, having buttons yeah. because when I'm running, if it's mm, like a little I, bumpy, it's hard to press what you want. It is. Yeah. It is. And I like honestly, having the option. I really like... Just being... The pessimist here. I really liked Humminbird, but for me to get a Humminbird in touchscreen, it was going to be like three grand. Oh my gosh, a seven inch? Yeah, just a seven inch Humminbird was going to be like on the upper end of two thousand bucks. That's and that, crazy. That, that unit yeah, I got, yeah. it was on sale. For Is that the one that you that, that you can run the um, Active Target on too? Like the um, live I don't know. I'm not sure about that. What is but active? I do know that it was like the good. That's a whole conversation. Act, yeah, that is another conversation. That's, that's a deep dive. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to pretend like I actually knew what Active Target is. Like, oh the, man, that's crazy. The so Active, Active Target, Tar- you've you've seen the Instagram videos of where like somebody's pitching out a bait when they're bass fishing. You can see the lure drop. Oh in front of them, yes, 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 yes. And I, you can I, kind I of it. see them jigging it. Yep, yep, right in front of them. You see the fish come over to it and yep. eat it. That's that. I didn't know. That. And you put it on your trollmeter so you can turn it. Yep. And aim it so you can like watch a school like live scope kind of. Yeah, live scope. Same thing. I think that's Garmin's. Name I would say that's Garmin's. It's forward-facing sonar. Yeah, forward-facing. I'm, l- I'm so like that's a general the, term. Yep. Have you all seen the new Garmin that they're coming out with, where it predicts where fish are going to be on your on your screen? No, I've heard about Just it. Just kidding, because it doesn't exist. Ozzy, Ozzy's over here saying he's heard about it. The one that like tells you what color to throw. <laughs> the voice-activated one, yeah. Yeah, the one that says like Siri, fish what? approaching right side of boat, forty yards. Three <laughs> redfish, now. one Cast black drum. Now. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> no, two o'clock. Two o'clock. Let it sit. Sorry, it's they active spooked. guide. <laughs> it's like guide. Siri talking to you. <laughs> active guide is that the name of it? <laughs> we need to invent that and just send our boats out. <laughs> you just said on the podcast. 
Yeah. That was our good idea. One o'clock, okay. 60 yards, 40 yards. Too late. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> Moving left to right at one o'clock at 3.2 miles per hour. Cast now. Bad cast. Retrieve. Cast again. Twitch. He ate it. Set good job, the, mate. Set the hook. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, funny. Got him. <laughs> 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 With a bad cast. Video game fishing at its finest. Um, Who keeps ripping one? That is, is that the dogs, Jeff? <laughs> oh. God, it is bad. That's what happens when you eat too much cream cheese. Oh, them dang dogs. <laughs> <laughs> them dogs. Jalapeno poppers. That's 100% me. So uh, what is y'all's, this is just a question that I feel like would provoke. Yep, let's hear before it. Before you go into that, you're the only one that hasn't said about like the prop and like, the best prop for a 70 horse. We went oh, full best prop round for table. Horse. You're the last one left. For me, I think it's one that, oh, man, I don't know. For for around here where you're not having to really make super long runs, I think it's something you can jump up shallow, but also a durable prop. I think durability Ooh. is something we haven't touched on that is like Jeff's prop with that <laughs> that thicker leading edge. Cause, I mean, insanely durable. Yeah, yeah. You, you beat them up. I mean, you, you beat the props up. So something that if, if you're wanting to run shallow and push it, like something that you're not going to have to retune or replace often, mm-hmm. something that's going to take a beating for a little bit. Yeah. I was just saying stainless is definitely – it's scary to run stainless because that is – Lower ending or lower unit ending right there, but you Jeff, have had, to. Jeff had a good point though. It's like it's hard. I mean, you have to hit something hard, like yeah. actually, yeah. like a like concrete or wood. Yeah. Like I, I it's mean, more we'll, sketchy in like a lake, than, right? Than where we're like even oysters Stumps, give way to it. Like good. what we're hitting is sandbars, oyster um, bars, oyster bars, things like that. Th- those you one yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you skimmed it. It was a light skim. We've, we've all hit. I'll edit that out, Mike. Don't worry. <laughs> What's a, how far a, in are we? <laughs> Jot that down. It was a very gradual light skim. I mean, I hit that all the time. I honestly, I'm yeah. I, I totally intend. I, I will let everybody know. I'm like, hey, I'm about to hit this. Bam, <laughs> bam, 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 bam. I'm the, I'm the one who's too prideful. I'm like, golly, that, the bars have been shifting like crazy lately. That current <laughs> yeah. dredging. Which they do. They do. They, no, they do. They, they shift. shift. And and a lot of the places that we or run, I, say, I have not run that in a while, <laughs> it, <laughs> and it has changed a lot. Oh, hundred percent. You mean, ran it yesterday, <laughs> probably. So. Think about, but in the channel. <laughs> think about coming out of some of the marshes that we come through. I mean, there was a channel there before winter, and then after winter, where we get that longshore current out of the north, and yeah. it's predominantly north wind. Those sandbars completely change. You're coming out of a creek that you haven't fished since, you know a season before, you know, summer and you're running in the winter, all of a sudden it's completely different. You come out a corner and that, that slough is in a completely different spot. I was with you one time where I, I won't name the spot, but we were running, it was somewhere between Wrightsville beach and, and you talking when I jumped the marsh, uh, we were running through That's this a great title. We were running through this slough and we were really tight to the marsh going into Secret. <laughs> you can say it. Just say it. <laughs> just give the give no, the code I'm not, name. I'm not gonna say it. I don't, we don't have a good. Code it doesn't name. even really matter though. We're running. Yeah, a slew. we're running this slew into this spot, and it, it was completely pinched off. Completely pinched off, and we ran. In, it was like a oh oh crap moment of we ran directly onto a sandbar because we were already committed into the slew that we were <laughs> on, but it had pinched off. Where before there was water flowing through there, so there was probably six to eight inches of water where you could kind of jet through there, but now the water had shifted over to a, a completely different area and you couldn't get through there anymore. But we had already committed, so it was like a oh crap moment, came around the corner, and it was completely dry. 
and we just ran the skiff right up oh, onto gosh. it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, it was you and I scouting, so. Well, yeah, we were able deal. to get the boat off. There's another time this winter that something like that happened. But I was driving. <laughs> no, no. When I was driving and you were in the same system of marsh, and I piled it up on Oyster Bar pretty good. Oh, yeah. That was good. That was a good, that was a good one. Like yeah. High and dry. I'm going to say I, it I piled it up it at the ramp. I mean, day. if you're pushing it to the limits to get into areas at the shallowest possible 100%. Time, where none of us are perfect. I mean, we're going to pile if it up. You, if you're waiting to that last minute where, like, you're in a spot and you know you have to get out. Or you're going to be there for four hours. Yeah. There's there's spots like that, right? Where yeah. if you don't get out, you're going to be there for at least two to three, if not four. Yeah. And if you're pushing it, you're like, oh, man, we, we got one more shot. We haven't quite caught one yet. And, and you're trying to squeeze it out. And all of a sudden, you finally get it. You're like, all right, let's go. We got to go. We got to go. And you're you're checking You're giving me anxiety there. right now just like thinking <laughs> yeah, about right? this. Yeah, right? Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it really does happen. Um, what question were you about to ask before we ask you about the prop? What is y'all's least favorite thing to see another boater angler do in the water? Oh my goodness! Least favorite boat? If or no, like what really gets under your skin when someone when another boater angler does something in the water? Ozzy's already got an answer. Like a, cli- my, my like a client grinding. <laughs> like a client? No, no, or? like another boat. Like another mm. boat. Like a like a boat coming up on you when when you're fishing. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Anything that's sure. like you're. Okay. Oh, you we can't not say something. We need another thirty minutes. Well, we'll give you. You can have it. Let's hear. It. I, I particular. <laughs> I'll just go ahead. One of the things that comes to mind straight off is like when. And you, this isn't to be jerks. This is no. to shed light on things that. When you when you know water, water when you know guide. somebody that knows better that pulls up on you or gets mm-hmm. gets mm-hmm. within like too close of distance when you're already on a school or stop, in a spot. Stop it's, looking at me, dude. <laughs> it's it's one thing when you're running a creek and all of a sudden you come around a corner and like there's another skiff pulling there. That's a, that's one thing, right? You didn't see him and you were kind of going into a spot and you're like oh crap, you idle back out or you do what you can to get back out of that spot. But it's another thing to like where you go up in a spot and you got another skiff that's pulling and he comes and pulls up on you like yeah. hey, hey if you're in a pulling skiff you should you should kind of know better. And my general rule of thumb is that, hey if you can yell and and that polling skiff can hear you and make out the words that you're saying you're too close yeah. yep yep right i mean general rule of thumb is if you if you can yell to somebody and you, and you can hear them and you can make out what they're saying that's that's too close and in, in the same scenario too like if there's one if there's only one school around like if you're both trying to fish the same school of fish if you will yeah that's that's not right right like I if 100% you agree. and even if your buddies not that we haven't done this, but, like, it's sometimes not good to fish the same school of fish at the same time. I agree, 100%. But, like, if you see someone in the area you want to fish and you know it's there's a school there and they were there first, you should probably let him let them sit. What are y'all smirking about over there? I don't know what Ozzy's staring at me for. All what right, have spill I it. What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. No. I, no, I, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I think I, yeah, no, no, I'm not talking no, about we, that. we were cool that day. No, there was I, I plenty think, of fish to go around. We were, th- we were in the same spot. Ozzy is talking. Yeah, that completely different scenario. Yeah, no, I'm just Any, It's it, like when you come around the corner and you're wanting to fish that cove on the backside of that island, yeah. and you're like, there's already a boat in there. This kind of goes into it's the, like, the long... That's their, they were there first. Let them be. Yeah, yeah no, Ozzie, I was I'm, actually on the wrong side of this, for sure. Yeah, Ozzy, I'm not talking about it. Ozzy's talking about one spot when I was up in particular area and he, he he actually called me which is the right thing to do if yeah your I, rec- in that I recognized him from the waterway um and this goes into the long run we right? both we both knew where school was we both had clients on the boat yep and i was i was pulling and i was on him and he called me 
He said, hey, you mind if I slip in there and, and maybe get a couple shots on this guy? I said, oh, sure, absolutely, 100%. Come on in here. I can't yeah. find them, but I did see them. They're somewhere in this area. It'd probably be better to have another set of eyes on them. That's one thing. For sure. But to come if in If you there, know the person, it's a different, it's a, different it's, deal. And a, especially a phone call. Yeah, definitely. You know? A phone call say, hey, do you mind? Something yeah. like that. But yeah. to just go up there or just sit and watch them and wait. And, and that spot was big enough. It was big. It was like a I big can pull, area. I can pull this side where there's structure. You can pull that side where the sand and like the pretty. You could bottom pull is. one side. I could yell. You probably barely, maybe be able to hear me. I'm like, Wouldn't yeah, be able to make out sure. my words. Yeah. But I just got done making like a. Ozzy's smirking at me like I had done something wrong. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was definitely looking for the side eye from Jeff. Like, oh crap, are you talking about me? <laughs> no, I 100 percent was not. But I had just got done. Like I had left. I don't know, 30 miles away, right. 25 miles away, and um. Pulled up to the spot and Jeff's there. I'm like, God, I didn't recognize him at first. I'm like, we just got beat. I just made a 25 mile run for nothing. And then luckily, I saw Jeff's goofy figure on the platform. I was like, <laughs> Oh wait, I know him. It's okay. I don't think your figure's that goofy, Jeff. It's funny too because I feel like my boat's not that distinguishable. It's just basic white skiff. You better have maybe. Do I have know your mannerisms by now. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> He's stressed. Throw, stressed. Throw my arms up. Like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> yeah, I called you up. I was like, hey, look, I'm gonna pull this side. You pull that side. You know, we'll do this together. And then I just left. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I forgot. You did. You sure enough. I started. I was, I was not mad at all. If you think I was mad, okay, we'll kiss and make up later. <laughs> um, I was not at all. He called me. I, I mean, I think if, if I'm in a spot and a buddy calls me and says, hey, you mind if I slide in there? That's one thing. But yeah. if I don't know you, don't come near me, please. It, honestly, if I hadn't ran that far, and it was pretty windy that day. Like, it was not it was. an easy run to make. If I hadn't ran that far, I would have just been like, oh, no big deal. We'll go to the next spot. But I just ran like 25 miles. So I was like, Jeff, I've at least got to push a little bit of this area. I think we're all super nice, especially like on and off the water, but... It's it can be really frustrating sometimes when you get rolled up on. Yeah. So Mike, switching the question, <laughs> yeah. round table. If I'm fishing a jig, you can bet it's going to be an Eye Strike Texas Eye. Dave and Ralph at Eye Strike have built the most versatile and durable lineup of jigs in the saltwater industry. Whether you need a finesse presentation on spooky wintertime redfish, or you need to hop a big swim bait on deep water structure for cobia and bull redfish, Eye Strike has the jig for you. Be sure to check out their website and use code EC10 for up to 40% off all iStrike products and 10% off all Z-Man products. The code can only be used at iStrikeFishing.com and you can find the code and the link to their website in the podcast show notes. There is no stealthier platform to fish the shallow water flats, creeks, and marshes than a pedal drive kayak. The P127 from Bonafide is my choice when I want to get out on a solo trip and access the areas that I can't get to on a flat skiff or a bay boat. It happens far too often in a boat where I have redfish and plenty of water in the back of a creek or bay, but there's a sandbar or series of sandbars between me and the fish and I just can't quite make it to casting distance. But with a kayak, I can drag across the sandbar right to them. Be sure to check out the full lineup of Bonafide Kayaks on the website or at Hook, Line, and Paddle here in Wilmington. I will have a link to the Bonafide website in the show notes as well. Cuss out corner. 
<laughs> I was gonna say I, I've had two. I like that name. That was the craziest crap, dude. Yeah. That, even if that's not your thing, we got to talk about that. Yeah. No. It's so, never been talked about on a podcast. No. Uh-oh. So we'll start with uh, Michael cussed out a grandma and two kids <laughs> trying to bank fish. Yeah. No. I'm just kidding. Mike came up with a spot that he had fished before. It was like this is my spot. <laughs> no, I mean sitting there with clients, go to a spot. I'm just actually a, just a bait fish. Just bait fish yeah. in a bank. Just a simple mom pop guide trip. This isn't anything special. It's a four-way intersection of creeks coming together. It's a pretty popular spot. Been fishing it. I've actually been fishing past it that week. And the guy was sitting there. The, the creek's not super wide, maybe 30 yards. Yeah. And I thought I was the one trying to be nice, and I didn't pass him. I didn't want to idle past him. So I stopped, you know, 100 yards short of the spot that yeah. I wanted to go to and fish something else, and the guy comes back out and – Berates me. He was me a good. Out. He was two more bends back in a large creek that mul- yeah. that multiple boats will fish on a you know on a regular basis. So and he he came me out, out and cussed you. I don't know why I'm being <laughs> being like my mom trying to finish her story right now. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, turn my know, mic off. I'm sitting there with with clients on the boat, and he's got clients on the boat, and he oh, was another guide, another guide, yeah. And he cussed me out for fishing his spot, and I'm like, dude, it, it's a major intersection. It's a very good spot to bait fish. Everybody knows it's. It's here. We've all fished it. I pull it a good bit, especially at a lower tide when other boats of his size can't get to that particular spot or can't get past it. But and he like cussed you out. Yeah, I mean, he let me have it. He was like, so, "You and mother effer, like you want to see what a real guy does? Come look at my 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 cooler." Like up one yeah. time and down he, the other. And Mike had clients, and the other guy had clients. And I sat there, God. and never and even it's a spot that so many people <laughs> fish. I mean, it's it's just like a generic area. I mean, what do you do in that scenario? Like, I'm not. What did you do in that scenario? Being being myself, if anybody knows me, I'm I'm definitely non confrontational. So, you know, I just sat there and let him have his day, let him get it out of his system. It's probably let the right him thing say to it. Do. Yeah. And you know, I just told my clients, I said, you know, I'm really sorry. I hate this guy. It has to be this way. We're gonna have to sit here and deal with this for a few minutes, and he'll go on. And you Kudos know, kudos to you, it, dude. It ate yeah. me up. Oh, it ate me up. It ruined my entire day. I feel yeah. bad for my clients that day. I actually gave them a discount on the trip because we didn't catch any fish because I was so pissed off at the by the end of it. Yeah, I didn't let right. them see it. But, you know, I mean, it. I called and talked to Judd about it for the next day or two after that. Just what am I That can get in I your do? head, and then it's just like the yeah. spunk you're chasing. Start beating yourself yeah. down yeah. for sure. So, But, you know, Judd, Judd helped me out with that. But, yeah, I mean, I've had that scenario, and then I've had also the scenario of just fun fishing in a day and – there's some areas that you just cannot get to until the tide gets right. And I went and sat for 45 minutes in this creek waiting to get to a spot, waiting for the tide to change, waiting to get that extra half inch of water to get my boat back there. Mm-hmm. And a guy come by by himself, not going to mention names, Judd and Jeff both know him, hopped out of his skiff, started pushing it up the creek past me. Dang on. And that that would be what grinds your gears the most. Oh yeah, I mean, you we both knew where that school of fish was. We both knew where we were headed. There was mm-hmm. only one spot to go to, and yeah. you know, I had two guys on the boat. Yeah, it was fun fishing, but they were friends. They weren't they weren't other guides. There weren't other you know. I was that other person was fun fishing too, right? They were. They went back to you, and they weren't a guide at all or anything. But yeah, I mean, he just got off his skiff and started pushing it in ankle deep water and. Passed me right there in the creek, got up a little bit, and then kind of looked back, and I think he kind of realized what he had done mm-hmm. or, you know, the jerk that he was being, and he left, or he didn't want to wait on the tide yeah. or whatever. I don't know. 
he didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I just let it go, let it be what it's going to be. We just sat there and hung out. But I think it just comes to the courtesy just, of yeah, just cur- just being courteous on the water. Yeah, and well, it, it's hard to figure out too because it's not one of those things that it, it's written out or drawn out, right? Right. It's one of those things like what is the etiquette? And every spot's different. Yeah. Yeah, I think that a general rule of thumb to leave people with is is a if if somebody's polling an area or if somebody's on a polling skiff, I think general rule of thumb for those types of boat, especially if you're in that type of boat too. I, I mean, I don't even think I would limit it to types of boats, but yeah, because it's not like it's like this elitist group of polling skiff people right. have more right to be somewhere than someone else. 100%. Like a John boat with a trolling motor has just as much right to be right in a spot as a skiff does. They're but, just not as cool. But there, there is, <laughs> or they're cooler. <laughs> there is this sort of element of respect with amongst that group of people that does do the kind of the, that for sure really focuses on the, the polling skiff game where where if you know you want some space between people because you're you're really trying to spot and stalk these fish you're trying to keep your distance you're trying to really sneak up and be yeah. stealthy on these fish so when you got somebody else that's rolling up either on another polling skiff or a trolling motor or something like that it can kind of ruin your shot and make it really tough for you yeah. um and and i think the general rule of thumb that i tend to go by is is hey if you're if you're you can yell to them you're too close yeah. yeah, and so you go ahead. I was gonna say. So, what about like running through a wide creek? We have some creeks down south that are you know fifty to a hundred yards wide, and you're on the far bank, and you run past. Are you good? Do you do you slow down and idle so you don't wake? That what that's think, creek dependent. Yeah, I yeah absolutely. I think yeah. that's super creek dependent, right? If you're in, and those, I mean, because some widths can be the same. But you need to idle past them in this one and not that one, right? Yeah. You, that's you, when you got to give people that grace. If yeah. you don't know. Just kind of take it easy and yeah. see what other people do. There, there's some yeah. scenarios where thinking of if we're, if we're running down south and they're fishing some area where, hey, it's really, really, really shallow. You kind of got to jump across that section and run through it. And they're in the main channel, which, you know, not, not a lot of boats, but a lot of the guides run through to get in and out to get to their boat ramp. Like you kind of have to stay up on plane in those areas, yep. right? And even it's, sometimes there's scenarios where you should probably, you know, just slow down. You know, if, if you got a pole, just pull. Yeah, if you got a pole, you got a pole. I was gonna say, I mean, I definitely ran past another guy and been like, I feel bad. Like, I should probably text him and be like, sorry, bro. I know I screwed you, but I kind of had to stay on plane to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You there know? are scenarios where, like, so. at least I think in my boat, where if, if I come off plane, I might get stuck. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Where I got to jump this That's far. just signs of, an, of a, a fishery that is becoming overcrowded. You yeah. know what I mean? Scenarios like that. Not in every every case, but yeah. those kinds of conversations are, are that. Are that. I, I had some scenario where where there was people swimming in the channel, and it's a narrow little channel down there at the <laughs> south of us, like right there off the, off the ramp where you go between first and second, and there was people just swimming right there in really? the slough. Yeah. Like, like right bull there, shark land. Like right there where you have to like jump that bar to get into first to get back to the ramp. Really? And there was just people mm. swimming in there. And, like, it was low tide. And I had to come off plane. I was like, hey, you know, I was super nice because they were, they just didn't know any better. And they were right, appreciative right. of it, right? For they sure. were just like, hey, yeah, I didn't really know. Because some people might not slow down. So yeah, exactly. I was know. like, hey, just let you know, it's probably not a safe place to run. We kind of have to stay up on plane through this area, especially the bigger boats that run through, you know, Chris and Jeff. They, they, can't, they definitely can't come they off can't plane through there. They can't stop. Like, they yeah. have to go through. And I would say that's, the, that's true for most anybody who has poor etiquette. They just don't know, not yeah. yet. But and then that's why I think that's why I would get, them and just be nice. Yeah. Well, that's why I would encourage anybody that does know, 
is to have a little a little grace and mercy for sure and, and just kind of try to educate because once they know i feel like it's a different story yeah most any time that i've felt like there was an injustice towards me is because it, they didn't know at the time right super um, frustrating but you got to be but if you're new to the area say you're hearing this podcast and you just don't know how to handle the situation just slow down and watch what everybody else does and if you're still not sure, there's no one else to watch, just back up, you know, go slow, be quiet, whatever the case is, better safe than sorry. Um, yep. But most of the time in the areas, the overcrowded areas we're talking about, I feel like there's somebody else going to do it in front of you, right? Whether you're in the, the Keys trying to figure out what part of the line to jump on to catch tarpon, right, off the beach, or you're in our area trying to figure out what is the proper etiquette to run through this creek when someone's doing so-and-so on the sides, uh, I think you can just stop and watch somebody. But kind of rotating the conversation a little bit from Mike to Judd, the one that asked the question. What do you got? Oh, man, I I don't know. I think one of the most frustrating things to me is when <laughs> – um, th- th- this isn't it, but this just popped in my head – and for anyone that doesn't know, unstrap your boat and and the in the, the <laughs> untie lane at the boat ramp. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a good one. Like that when when you back one. down the ramp, especially and Wrightsville stop, on a busy day, man. And and it's like crazy. and then it seems like it's even if you're super nice, it's so hard to talk to people in that scenario. hundred percent. And explain to them like, hey, man, like because you just say, seem like a jerk. Yeah, it's a stressful scenario for them. Probably. It's, yeah, it's it's stressful. And to some, it's not. To some, they're like just <laughs> hanging out there, and some know. people just light them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've seen people just freak out on them. Yeah, that is not cool. It's no. not. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I thought patience. They just, is, a lot of people just don't know, or there are some people that probably could. And a lot of people get will passive aggressively post them on their Instagram story. I'm not going to mention any names. I was thinking the same thing. But we have a friend. But uh <laughs> But no, it's it's funny. But no that that does it, I mean it eats anybody up, but it's it's worth knowing that you should unstrap and if you don't know where the title line is, pull all the way through, pull into a parking spot, unstrap your boat, get back in line and back down. That way the people that are ready to go it just flows so much better. Especially yeah. taking out don't pull up and stop on the ramp and strap back down. Get out of there. Even if you got to leave the whole boat ramp and pull off at the first fast food restaurant. That's right. And, yeah. and strap everything down good there. So, yeah. Um, but if you've on got the, multiple people on the boat that can drive the boat, use them. Don't tie up yes. to the dock or to the at the ramp. Right, so it's gotten it, just really, 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 really bad. A lot of new boat ownership, and people just don't know that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. Well, pleasure boating where you get out once a month and you don't really uh, you're not there enough to understand the rhythm of everything you don't have yeah. a routine yet and you don't you know you don't have somebody that can drive with a ton of confidence i get that but for guys like us that or, are, you, or they're super confident but they can't drive yeah <laughs> but i mean for guys like us that are doing it every day and we're by ourselves we don't have another option we got to tie up at the ramp and i've been yelled at multiple times really you know why are you tying up there you know and i'm like I'm the only person here. I'm already set for 30 minutes to get to this spot, like letting people go past me that have families or whatever to tie up, and they've got multiple people on the boat. I'm going to tie up right here, out of the way. I'm going to go get my truck, and I'll be back in the time that it takes for them to even do a quarter of whatever they're going to do to get their boat out. Right. You know? So. I think we should change the name or make the name of this podcast um, something about guides venting. (laughs) (laughs) 
But no, I I think on the water, one of the most frustrating things is, I don't know. I'm trying to be less frustrated. I asked the question, I don't have a good answer, but um, I would say, I think getting cut off bad, you know. That really like gets you. Yeah, it gets you know, me. It gets, it, yeah, at least me too. It gets you just fired up. It can kind of ruin your day yeah. a little bit. That's just getting cut off. Getting say, cut I off. feel like we have a pretty good network between the three of us. Like we, For sure. We talk kind of pre, pre-trips pre a lot of times. Like, hey, what area? I don't care what bank you're fishing. I don't care what spot you're going to. Just, hey, are you going to be in X, Y, and Z today? Okay, cool. Then I'm going to leave that alone or whatever. You know, I definitely know I asked Judd that a lot this past year, Jeff that this past year. And, you know, there's enough fish to go around and enough different areas to go and fish that – I don't want to go beat it up and then y'all come in behind me or coming in front of me. And then I'm like, man, this just does not seem like it was as good as it was yesterday. Well, you know, you've y'all done, just, you've done more than your fair share of due diligence in that regard. I think you've yeah. done, I mean, I don't know. So I don't know. And, and that's just due to our network and kind of the areas that we fish in. But, it's really nice. You know, trying to kind of have that game plan, at least through us. So to make it as well as possible for each of us. For sure. Yeah. For sure. It's, uh, and that, like I said, this isn't a, to, to talk or throw shade or anything, just to, just to expose some things that are to be thought about. And I feel like most people listen to this podcast and think about that. But I feel like one thing that I'm trying to be more cautious of too is like kayak anglers. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like so often I've kind of written off kayak anglers as someone, but, but after getting that kayak and kayak fishing a little bit, it's like you're pretty married to a very small zone for the day. And so to go just like cut off a kayak angler is like kind of the, the I think like the lowest of the low because it's, you know you you've got this motor you can go wherever you want and and maybe cutting off a kayak angler that's you know working an area could be I don't know I've I've done it I've, I've cut I mean you you also have to think about somebody's range and then look at a boat too and be like all right are they actually there's so many like changing variables like are they is that a pulling skiff are they working down this bank are they pulling that cove are they going to stay there and go somewhere else like mm-hmm. there there are mm-hmm. things to think about so. Like, you know, if I if I see Jeff or Michael or Ozzy in an area, like, I've got a really good idea of their mindset and game plan and, and to not mess them up. But yep. sometimes if it's a, you know, if it's a bay boat anchored up bait fishing, I can jump ahead of them on the bank and, and they and might fish be, some stuff. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So there, it's all situational that, that you've got to kind of think through and and figure out. But, yeah, I just think being a courteous, nice person is the best way to go about it. I, and I've, I've lost my temper on the water a few times, so. I think we all have. Yeah. I, well, I, yeah, I think I step one is uh, being cognizant, right? And I think that's what we're trying to achieve through this podcast. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but through that question was yeah. to raise awareness of the etiquette and, and For sure. to become cognizant of, hey, these are a few things to try to avoid, whether it be boat rent mayhem or, um, you know, etiquette in a, in a certain spot which is such a hard conversation to have because every spot is a little different. Um, I don't think we have enough time left on this podcast to get into my... Uh, oh, we might Joe Rogan this bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours in. And that concludes um, part one. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, if I had to switch the question to myself... Um, oh, you have to. Uh, if it, if you can... And I'm only saying this because it's like a recent thing. Um within the last week and a half, if you can have a conversation with me, if, if I'm on my platform pushing my skiff and you can have a conversation with me, you're too close. No. Especially if, your question, if your question, yeah, I'm echoing, 
I am echoing Jeff on that one. Um, but if you're if you are going to be close enough, right? If you're going to make the mistake and be close enough, please don't ask me if 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 there's fish. <laughs> Right? So, <laughs> is there fish there? That's exactly what, I mean, that is. I don't think so. That's exactly what happened. Um, I'm just pulling for fun. Not only. Killing time. <laughs> not only. Don't uh, know where any are some. You're just killing time. Not only were they close enough to have a conversation, they were close enough to me to ask if there was fish in there, um, which kind of leads into my second most frustrating thing, uh, which is, A, don't get close to me to have a conversation. I feel terrible. Like I'm a young dude in the game. I have not been <laughs> in it long enough to even be gripey, but I understand. Like you were too close. Um, second thing is, like if you're at the dock or whatever, don't don't talk about spots, man. Yeah. Don't say like, "Hey, I saw you over in such and such bay," or anything of the sort um that's one thing that's starting to really start to grind my gears whether it be social media whether it be at the boat ramp um just keep it to yourself don't don't say at the ramp like hey i saw you fishing like or like hey i know where this other guy is you want to know where he's at and i'm like no i don't want to know where he's at um i want to find it on my own just like he found it on his own but do you really I have I have a uh, folder full of where I see you guys fish and where <laughs> everyone says they see you fish. No, um, those those would be the two things. And, and I got so many spots I've forgotten them all, man. I need that folder. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I was gonna say. I mean, I think one thing with our network, at least of friends, is we have a pretty good code name system. Mm, the code name thing. system. What's your favorite code name to spot? Mm. Oh, I like that. <laughs> favorite code name spots. Skinny. Why is everybody looking at me? <laughs> They're all looking at me I, like I, I feel got like Jeff names a lot of these. Yeah. Skinnies, um, pedals, turnarounds, clammies, clammies, peelers, peelers. Yeah. Shark tooth. Shark tooth. Under boob. Under boob is one of me and Cameron's. You want to know a real good one? It's actually just an island that looks like a boob. And so we have like, are you on side boob or under boob? Or <laughs> top tit is one of them. I don't even remember that one. You don't know that one? Side boob? Good, don't ask. Side boob was good early last summer. We'll talk about it later. It's a code <laughs> name, man. I can't tell you. If you forget uh, the code name, you're out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never get reminded. Yep. Oh, that's funny. Oh, damn it. So we have this Side one area. so good. <laughs> that's one area up north, and everyone knows it as, uh, well, I mean, I'll go ahead and say it because it's not the area I fish, but it's known as Hell's Gate, right? And it's pretty treacherous. But Ooh, Hellsgate. Yeah, it's really dun, freaking, dun, dun, dun. freaking cool. Um, but man, you running Hellsgate today? No way, dude. That's way too low, bro. Yeah, you're gonna get some heat for saying that name, dude. No, because the Hellsgate everyone knows. Like, there's a name on the map. It's called Hellsgate, and that's not at all what I fish. Nor is it what I call it. So I'll get back to the map, or I mean, get back to the dock, no problem. Be like, what'd you do? I was like, yeah, man, checked Hellsgate. Da 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 da. And everybody thinks I'm talking about one area, but really. Me and my tournament partner know it's not even close to that. Uh, <laughs> so we rename little a name yeah. of an area. <laughs> oh, we should start doing that, dude. Yeah. It's good. It's real good. <laughs> we should we should You'll start s- calling like Topsail Wrightsville and like Wrightsville Topsail. You'll see five skips. Hey, have to be like, I was at Topsail, wink, <laughs> winking, <laughs> talking real <laughs> weird. I think other than that, um, it's it's so silly. The secret of fishing this. 
It yeah. is. Fishy it has to be. It has know, to be. It's got to be. But uh, one, the, here's how I think me and my tournament partner and my f- I ate that other popper while I was out there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the jalapeno popper, the yeah. quail popper. Um, we're all f- stuffed full of quail jalapeno poppers. Mm. Um, deer sausage. Mm, 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 and deer mm, sausage. Mm. Yeah. Finger licking good. Yeah, the other day <laughs> when we shot all those quail. Super fun. Yeah, we did. We did that. That happened. Um, you had a fun little outing. It was really fun. Thank goodness I was there. I know. I know. <laughs> no. Um. no, but I would say um, the reason this has come about, like there's three people that I'm just brutally honest with, right? So like they know the code names. They know, you know, the whole nine yards. And the reason this come about is not because we were trying to be secretive, although that is a benefit. The reason this come about is because like Onyx probably has it named this and Google Earth probably has it named this. And, yeah. you know, like depending on what satellite map or top spot map or whatever map you use, they all have different names. And then there's some areas that just don't have a name. That's where these names were bred. I don't think originally these names come from trying to be secretive. Like that was not my intentions in the beginning. No, just quick conversation. Right. Be able to talk someone exactly uh-huh. into where you're talking about. Like, right. That's what it, where it's used the most for us too. And there's two right. or three people in that sure. circle. But that circle understands, like, it, we weren't trying to be cer- secretive. It yeah. just happened organic. Like, we just needed to, like you said, conversate quickly. It's not like you're not having like, constant conversations with that person at the boat ramp in front of other people where, like, people can't hear it. That's yeah. It's it's just a no. We're not that guy yet. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Uh, but, yeah, that, that, that's where it was bred for me. So and, and we have some silly names up north as well. What's your best name? Oh, man. I think if it's not... Switching names, which that may have been born from trying to switching be s- names was is the name of a spot. No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> I, I like, mean, like that's calling, a good one. Ke- <laughs> calling Hell's Gate what is not Hell's Gate. That might have been a uh, secretive yeah. tournament move that we we talk about at captain's meeting. But um, outside of that one. We're not as clever as you guys. And we have Bluebill Bay or Skyscraper Bay, but it's because we can see a skyscraper from that bay. See, those that's too much information. <laughs> or we saw a bunch of bluebills in that bay that day. Yep, yep. Um, I, have a I know exactly where that is. Oh, I don't uh-huh. know. Blue, I know. Blue, I know. Blue, I know. <laughs> I have a, a stuck. I know that spot. Stuck Bay. Stuck Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Yours aren't very can we, creative. Can, can we guess where that is? a lot of context. <laughs> See, I know where that is, too. Um, Another guess. good one for for us is uh, is um, Glory Days. It's a good one. Glory Days. That's a good one. Yeah, y'all are so much better at the names. Um, triple Chimps. Sneaky Pete's. Sneaky Pete's, Triple Chimps, um, Dragon's Breath. Yeah, um, <laughs> frosted tips. The widow, the widow's, the widow's lost husband's um, front porch. That spot was good last year. Biscuits. <laughs> oh gosh. Tasmanian. I said PG thirteen, Jeff. That PG thirteen. <laughs> it is. Tasmanian devil. Uh, Korean kamikaze. The last seventy five percent of those were not spots whatsoever. <laughs> but um, dude, I was so impressed. <laughs> it's uh. Yeah, the, I think I think having quick names with your people that you talk to is really important because you can very quickly jump into yeah. it's nice sp- yeah. the spot. I can be like, hey, I was here, here, and here, saw fish in these two spots. It's a good way to for for your net if in when your did network you start of doing people, that four years ago. Yeah, I think when it, like Ozzy was saying, it's like you look at a spot and it's it is uh 
reoccurring. Yeah. So it's something that's got to be worthy of the name. Right. You can't be a, name a freak once every couple months or something like that. It's got to be something that's yeah. consistent. It earned a name. Name yeah. worthy. has to be earned. Man. Well, I'll tell you what. Our name-worthy spots have not been very <laughs> name-worthy lately. <laughs> so this uh, winter to spring transition has yeah. uh, been tough for I think all of us this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's been it's been a weird year, and and I've talked to people a little bit further north and south of us, and they've kind of said similar things. I think yeah. maybe it's just weather, and who knows? I mean, yeah. this is the first year that I remember. Excuse me, in a long time that we've had. Summer essentially in February. Yeah, I mean water temps you saw the other day in low seventies. In some areas. Yep. I would say I've seen some in sixty-seven, sixty-eight. Yeah, sixty-eight so, where was where we're holding. Yeah, I mean that's just that's unheard of. We've already had die off of all of our algae or or snot grass, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Really, it started to happen the other, last week. See, I'm frustrated so. because although we have had sixty-eight. We're holding at 68 with some ebbs and flows. I've had 71. Really? I've had 71. The other wow. day it was... But we're not losing our snot grass. I'm getting so frustrated. I'm like, we yeah. cannot have 70 degree water temp <laughs> and snot grass. Maybe like, it's not snot grass. Give me some one of the two. <laughs> I mean, oh my I would goodness. Have, I would take in that resilient. right now. Yeah. Yeah, I had the I other day time. after all, like what, two, three weeks of it being crazy warm, like yeah. spring temperatures... I mean, it didn't start out at 71, but by the day's end, you know how at this time of year when it's heating, you, you find almost close to 10 degree temperature fluctuations. By the end of the day, I had the other day, the highest I've seen is 71 degrees. Oh. And they were chewing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's cra- it is crazy, like a very pressured, pissed off school, all of a sudden when that water temperature gets right, it's Dude. like a whole new school. Very gurglers, yeah. topwaters, whopper. Ploppers, you name it. Well, I didn't, well, I need to know they codenamed for that spot. Then, <laughs> just kidding. Funny question. When's the last time you named a spot? How long ago was it that you like? Oh, this spot deserves a name. It's the last summer. Every time I fish, <laughs> yeah, <naming> spots. <laughs> I think Judd forgets about names a good bit sometimes. Yeah, but he's so he's so good at naming. That's <laughs> always finding new spots. I feel like. Yeah. yeah, I try to be that way. I try really hard to be that way. In fact, yesterday, I was like, I need to name this spot. <laughs> and everyone, I feel like, I, I don't know, dude. I want to say everyone else may call it something else, like call it a name already. But I really felt like I was in some not untouched water. Like, I don't know how much of that exists anymore, but definitely unpressured water. Yeah. And, and I pulled up, and for the last 24 hours, I've been like, what am I going to name that spot? <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. And I'm cheesy, right? So there's a bunch of sandbars. I'm like, I'm going to call it Sandy's. No, that's that's lame. Like I'm st- I'm still working on it. I'll have to carry Judd there one day and be like, "What would you call this spot?" Hey, I think I have of longer runs. You might not want to show it to me. <laughs> All right, to wrap this thing up, what is everybody looking forward to? You know, we are at spring. It's spring. I mean, this is the last little cold push. You know, for our summer season, our summer fishing. What are people? What's got y'all fired up? Mm. I'll tell you what, man. I have been uh, passing the questions around and ending with me, but I'll start this one off. There's a lot I'm looking forward to. One thing that I'm going to miss is right now, right? So it's blowing. It's freaking windy as all get out, and it's raining. Um, 
um, one thing that I'm going to miss is hanging out with all my God buddies, right? And and smoking some quail and making jalapeno poppers and and doing podcasts on a on a windy day. Um, you're not going to have that June, July, and August. We're all going to be working seven days a week. So Hopefully, that was not the answer you were looking for. You were looking. You were looking for what I'm. No, no, what no, I'm no. looking forward to. No, that was an open question. Yeah. So that's one thing that I'm going to miss. One thing I'm looking forward to is I got um. I probably had like a dozen topwater eats last week, and I'm very more ex- like very more excited. I don't think that's how you say that. <laughs> I am very excited for more of those topwater eats. Another thing is three part answer here. Another thing I'm looking forward to is tournaments. So that that kicks off uh, late May, and. Uh, Hopefully go cash some checks this summer. And break some necks. Cash and checks and breaking necks. No, that makes me sound way more intimidating than I. <laughs> like if I said that on the podcast and then someone met me in real life, they're like, ha, that's Giant not. Giant teddy bear over yeah, here. No, <laughs> I, do, I do not live up to that. Not at all. Um, but, yeah, I would say that is the, um, that's the three things. If I had to three-part answer your question, I'm going to miss the uh, slow season hanging out with my guide buddies. And looking forward to topwater eats in tournament season and flood tides. I like that. I like how you broke this one question into three different phases. Like, hey, what are you going to miss? I just added a fourth one. To? <laughs> <laughs> what, was the th- what was the three? Because it, it was now, <laughs> it's like, what are you looking forward to? But now it's actually, what are you going to miss? What are you looking forward to? What else? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Go ahead, Mike. That one mm. popper oh, did me put me over the edge. <laughs> Are you sleeping over there? No, I just feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> one too many quail poppers. Oh, man, <laughs> see, I think I'm gonna miss kind of being. Uh, I want to say like smaller runs, but kind of staying in certain zones a little bit. You know, I feel like during the winter time, I kind of sh- shrink down the amount of water I cover a little bit. Um, and then looking forward to definitely top water this year. I did not do a whole lot of that this past year. I did it a lot the year before that. Um, had a lot of good success with it. But this past year, I just, I don't know, found other ways of catching fish that I felt confident in. And also, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but, I don't know, just looking forward to getting shallow again. Like, yeah. having spread out fish, having fish in multiple locations, and just being able to venture, like, oh, I can go here and it could be epic or it could be, I could go here and it could be a dud. But, you know, just having that chance, that, that freedom to move around a lot more and venture into new stuff. So. Everybody's looking at me, so. Um, I'd say. I, I thought you just threw something at me. That's why I looked over at you. Um, I'd say I am looking forward to a variety of different species, maybe some bigger game. Right, there's a lot of migratory species that we have here in North Carolina that is not here in the winter time. We're we're somewhat limited into what we can target in the winter. Right near shore, being you got tog, you got sheep's head, some sea bass, and some things like that near shore. And then inshore, it's primarily big schooling redfish. So that sort of transitions and changes through the spring to more spread out fish as far as the reds go, and then and you got more stuff moving in. Um, particularly a lot of shots on sharks, uh, tarpon, and big bull reds. Um, you can get shots on, on bigger game this time of year, or not this time of year, but in the summertime. So definitely looking forward to that, as well as just more spread out fish. Um, 
concentrated fish can be a little bit frustrating and 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 tiresome at at certain times right you you can't always find them so um you can usually count on some shots during the summertime so i'm looking forward to more spread out fish and bigger game and a variety of different species i like that i uh I'm excited about we're doing some filming projects this summer, which is going to be fun. We've got some cool trips set up for that, some cobia, some bull reds, and uh, hitting a few different states, going out of Georgia to tarpon fish for a few days and film down there. I've never tarpon fished in Georgia, so that'll be fun. And then going to explore some new water here in North Carolina. I've got a lot of like stuff that. on the map. You know, not guide related, but just I want to take more time off and enjoy fishing and exploring and and whatnot. So taking some time off during the busy season, um, which uh, picking up some some side hustle within the industry has been able to help me do that. Hopefully, if I if I can keep a side hustle job <laughs> for a little while, it'll it'll help for sure. But um, it's uh that that's my goal is to do do some exploration of some pretty untapped stuff. Um, in North Carolina, Virginia, I really want to get up and do some exploring in Virginia and coastal Virginia. So that, that's another one on the hit list. A lot of really good looking sight fishing stuff for redfish up there. So, um, that's a goal, um, for the summer. That's something I'm looking forward to and looking forward to just getting my clients back in and fishing with them for another year and, and, uh, picking up some new clients. And I think that would, that'd be it. Gonna miss the time, the free time. <laughs> Not that I have much ton of free time. I feel like, um, especially with the content stuff lately, like it's been, I have, I mean, I, I haven't been guiding, but I've been really trying to take Eastern current and, and the content into, to a whole nother level as far as consistency goes. And so it's been like, if I'm not filming or recording a podcast, I'm freaking editing. <laughs> so, All right. so we've spent three days in the last week out of, out of town, out of town filming. Yeah. yeah. And you're a parent of two and a husband. Yeah. So I'm and not have two dogs, which equivalent to a kid about just had one after what happened earlier <laughs> locked locked down on his face and poppers make you crazy boy dude i would honestly i'd lock down on someone's face for a popper those things were amazing they were really good um no i would i would totally understand that you're busy it's Parent, busy parents, and i too. and I, I don't ever want it to take so we're doing a lot of like leaving in the freaking morning driving three hours four hours to fish for the till two o'clock to come home and be back before, you know, bedtime for kids. So, right, right. Um, you know, life of a god, <laughs> life of, yeah, trying to, content trying to, creator. trying to create the, trying to make some content. So, we, I love doing it. I love filming. It's very fun sharing, sharing those stories on the water. This yeah. brings me and Judd back to college days. I mean, we've, we, we've done some crazy full sends the night before, day out, you know, day of, let's go do this. Yeah. Just wake up and just get it. I think yeah, the so, best was we did like four states in three days yeah. trout fishing one time. I think I've had since January first, I've already had fishing license in like four different states. Good for you. So you bigger. actually got the license. Yes. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I would never do that. I mean, I would never not get a license. I'm just saying. 
You've yeah. had a lot of those things today where you say, you didn't do that? And you're like, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't do that. We'll talk about it all fair. <laughs> <laughs> if the warden listens to this, he's going to be following that ranger phantom around. <laughs> now you just outed your boat, man. Everybody already knows. All right, we got to shut this one down, everybody. Yeah, we need to get going. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Beep. Um, no, but has anyone not gone on what they're excited for? No, I think <laughs> such a You want to hold hands while we do this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, in all seriousness, dude. I I'm excited for more guides. Yeah. Are you being for real? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no. No, I think we're at a good, happy, happy level. Yeah, we have just enough. Just enough. Too many. <laughs> uh, there's plenty of room for good guides. A wise man once said. <laughs> we just need more people to want to fish. No, we're at a good cap now, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, there is always room for for new guides. Yeah, good guides, good guides. Yeah, yeah, good guides. That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. And uh, good anglers. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, absolutely. Plenty of room for True that. that. And I will say before we wrap this up, for all of y'all that are listening, thank you for listening, and definitely remember to check out our uh, Eastern Current tournament. Yes, series coming please up. fish the tournament. Oh, shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug here, but it's coming up. It's not going to be too much longer. The end of March is going to be the first one, the 25th and the 26th. 24th will be the captain's meeting, and oh. then we've got another one at the end of April and one at the end of May. Yep. So, you better you, fish it. You probably shouldn't enter because I'm going to whoop everybody. We can't We can't enter. Yeah. I mean, I guess Wait, we could I can't enter. enter? No, no, me and Michael can't. Oh. Yeah. Can I? Yeah. Why yeah, can so. you and Michael not? Because we're, we're, we're both the directors of the tournament. Uh, little, I feel like that's no, like that's on the page. It says director. Right? Oh, you're director. So, like when someone asks, "What do you do?" I'll, I'd say, "You know, I'm a fishing guide. I I run this thing called Eastern Current. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, and I'm a tournament director." <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, you run this really thing cool. called Eastern Current. <laughs> that's who my knows, best way of explaining it. Who knows what that beast is? <laughs> it just it sucks a lot of my time. Then I get very little money for it, but it is sweet. <laughs> but I have some really uh, good buddies that I do it with. Yes, exactly. It's it's a community. Um, yeah, that's uh, going to be a great turn. It's a it's a platform for us to you know hopefully push our guide business. Yep. So, well, say, Ozzy, we we definitely appreciate the one guy that has signed up. So we have far. one person signed up, so, but I've never signed up for any tournament yeah. I fished until the like the non-serious. Before. When did you guys publicize it? Um, three weeks I, ago. I don't, don't want to say. I'm just kidding, dude. Yeah, it'll it'll be last minute. Well, yeah. I our goal's 50, but I really think that we'll have 30 to 40 people fishing. I do remember you posting it, but stay on it. Yeah, we got to yeah. stay on it. Yeah. That was on the hit list for today, graphics for that. But, but yeah, know. please fish the uh, please fish the tournament. It's going to be super fun. Super. Got some good prizes. Cheap. Pay out a bunch of money. It's a Feel cheap it. tournament for the, what the payout could be. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's a series. Like, not that I am any. Uh, the bona fide tournament angler by any means, but I bona 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 fide. <laughs> um, from somebody who has won some money from a tournament, um, I would say this is a. Can sorry, you, I'm just pressing buttons on the. You got board. me. You got me. <laughs> I got yeah, you. You yeah, good? I, gonna... I don't hear myself. Go ahead, finish. But up. I'm gonna keep going. Go ahead. Um, coming from somebody who. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just learned I could use all these buttons to do different sound effects. What? You just learned that? Yep. Oh, thank, thank, you. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This um, thing is derailing quickly. <laughs> this is from what somebody. happens when we decided to do a podcast without a real topic. 
That's it. Who has fished a tournament or two, I would say this is a better platform to fish a tournament. That's all I was trying to say. I was just trying to give a plug. Um, now everybody's applauding. I love and I have it. like, you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's wrap this thing up. I right. really appreciate everybody. Yeah. Ozzy Judd. Why are they laughing at me? I don't know. Um, <laughs> such a child. <laughs> no, I really do appreciate you guys carving out some time to sit down with us and um, chat about everything under the sun. I don't think we left anything unchatted about. <laughs> what was our topic for this? <laughs> yeah, it's a topicless topic. All right, well, so. topicless, topless. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it, and I uh, can't wait till we get to do this again. <laughs> if you're anything like me, you like a clean boat. That's why I've chosen to partner with Carolina First Made out of South Carolina. Carolina First Made is a family-owned business that provides environmentally friendly boat cleaning alternatives. My two favorite products are their hole cleaner that doesn't harm your trailer and their boat wash. Be sure to use code EC15 for 15% off your online purchase. If you're interested in checking out all their products, you can find a link to their website in the podcast show notes.